0: Good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous a Vision For You Big Book Study. My name is Ross M and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Friday, August 18, 2023. Today we're reading from the big book and working with others. We're pa- we are on page 101, the second of the paragraph. And it starts with, we meet these conditions every day, ending with the theory he would escape the alcohol problem, and we're just reading that paragraph. Today's readers are the Twelve Steps Cinda B, the Twelve Traditions Matthew G, reading the text is Amory M, page 164 is Barb W, our backup reader is Tenzin P, newcomer readers Nancy C, and second hour host is Eileen M. The reference numbers for yesterday, Thursday, August 17, 2023, it's 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting, twenty thousand five hundred and forty-eight. So that's two zero five four eight. The ten a.m. meeting, twenty thousand five hundred and forty-nine. Two zero five four nine. Do a preamble. Readers Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals through shared ex- who through shared experience, strength, and hope are recovering from compulsive overeating, and we welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. OA's sole purpose, OA's OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and a practice of 12 steps and 12, 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. Here are the steps we took which are suggested as a program of recovery. I will now ask Cinda B.
1: to read the 12 steps of OA. This is
2: Cinda B., a recovering compulsive eater from Pennsylvania. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, Russ.
0: Thanks, Linda. Next up is Matthew G. with the 12 traditions.
3: Hey there, this is Matthew G., compulsive overeater in France. These are the 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OE unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. and prestige us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such, but never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11 our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion we need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press radio films television and other public media of communication 12 anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities thanks for allowing me to be of service
0: thanks matthew appreciate it how our meeting works our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book about of Alcoholics Anonymous. Excuse me. We read and share, we read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Signiness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass. Then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speaker should be muted. So today we're back and working with others in the big book. Excuse me, page one hundred one, that second paragraph. We meet these conditions every day, and it ends with the theory he would escape alcohol. The alcohol problem. And our first reader today, is Marie, she's going to start us off.
4: Thank you, Ross. This is Anne Marie M. in South Carolina. We meet these conditions every day. An alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. There is something the matter with his spiritual status. His only chance of sobriety would be someplace like the Greenland ice cap. And even there, an Eskimo might turn up with a bottle of scotch and ruin everything. Ask any woman who has sent her husband to distant places on the theory he would escape the alcohol problem.
1: <clears throat>
4: Again, like I said, my name is Marie M. I'm recovered through God's grace and by working the steps in the Book of Alcoholics Anonymous with a recovered sponsor. So it says we need these conditions, and what conditions are they talking about? It's what we talked about yesterday. Um, those going to um, a, a movie theater, you know, and for, for compulsive overeaters, smelling the popcorn, or looking at the uh, with alcohol for compulsive overeaters, I think it's more prominent than it is for alcoholics because there's food everywhere. Um, going to parties, going to birthday parties, going to um, holiday events, food has, seems to be the uh, the focus of of so much. And I think just about every nationality of food was love. It wasn't for me, my Portuguese background. Uh, Food was certainly love. So um, how does an alcoholic meet these conditions? Well, um, it says here that um, an alcoholic who can't meet them has an alcoholic mind. In other words, um, there's something wrong with his spiritual status. I remember reading that when early on and thinking being insulted, and um, I'm so grateful, so grateful that I've built up some tolerance and little things like that don't um, upset me so much. So it's just that my spiritual status hasn't developed at this point. If there's things that are still bothering me um, that I can't that that I have to shun. Uh, People away, or I can't go to different events because of the fear of running into foods that are going to bother me. And through God's grace, by working the steps, and through God's grace, that the obsession to compulsively eat has been taken away from me, and I don't have that anymore. I made my husband a cheesecake yesterday for his birthday, and um, there's all sorts of goodies in this house. He's a sweet, he's a sweet eater, and without this without this problem, so without the problem of compulsively overeating. Um, so I could not escape anywhere. I remember going to work my and going to the uh, vending machines and putting in money and getting it, and my sponsor told me, don't bring any money to work with you, and so I didn't. So the following night, I used my credit card. She said, don't bring your, don't bring your wallet. And uh, the following night, at the end of my shift, I asked if um, anybody had $20, and I, I, my gas tank was empty, and I, I would pay them back the following day. So there was always a way for me to uh, find a way to compulsively overeat. And uh, I, I couldn't escape um, anything with the alcoholic mind. But with, with a spiritual mind, when I can turn to God, I can ask for help. And God has placed so many people in my life. I have um, people that I can call. Um, Most important thing I need to remember is to go to God and ask for help. Okay, thank you.
0: Thanks, Anne-Marie. Now we're going to open up the line for sharing. And Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others can share their experience too. So if you haven't shared yesterday or Wednesday, please step back. Who wants to share on this?
5: Bonnie B. from Minnesota.
0: Bonnie.
6: Judith S.P.
7: Judith. Ken W.H. My man, Ken.
8: Elena C.
1: Shanna C. Elena. Elena. Shanna. Come on with it. We have plenty plenty of space. Anita J. Anita. <laughs> All right. Wendy M. Wendy. All right, Wendy. Let's take a couple more for this first round. Okay,
0: we'll go with this. Bonnie B., Judith S.B., Ken W.H., Elena C., Shanna C., Anita J., and Wendy M. Bonnie, you're up.
5: Good morning, my friends. Hi, everyone. Bonnie B. from Minnesota. Gratefully recovered today by the grace of God. Um, yeah, so this paragraph to me screams of the emotional sobriety. Um, If I can't meet these conditions every day, then I've got something going on inside of me. And for me, the gift is the emotional sobriety. Um, You know, that to me always means that I have to cease fighting everything and everyone. And when I lay all those things down, um, you know, as my thinking goes, so goes the rest of my body. I don't have an eating issue. I don't have a food issue. Um, I have a thinking issue. I have a thinking disease. And my world is pretty much all about me. And so um, assuming that I'm spiritually fit, which means I live in town 11 and 12, which means I connect with God intentionally and and purpose to be um, positioned where I can fit myself to be of service to other people, then all these other things fall away. They just all fall to the back burner. They're not even part of my life. But if I end up getting back into myself, if I end up going back into my disease, and my disease for me is not even necessarily the food, my disease for me at this stage in my life is not accepting life on life's terms. Okay, point, point. Um, I have had troubles in the past sleeping, and last night I woke up at 2:15. I've been up ever since. Um, acceptance and surrender. I mean, that is the key. I did the next right thing. I worked on some things I could work on. I spent some time with God. I did some program stuff, took a call or two. Um, life is good. But if I don't keep myself fit, um, all these other things that, that presented themselves as huge, i.e. the things in the pantry, they're going to come back to the surface. But as long as I keep myself where I need to be, which is um, in that place of surrendering to God on a daily basis, life as life is and then um, working really hard to be of service to others, the backdrop is the backdrop, and food isn't even part of the equation. So um, the alcoholic mind for me, that is the key, and the alcoholic mind for me is lack of um, emotional sobriety, and it all goes back to whether or not I'm connected to God. And with that, I'll pass, and thanks again for letting me share. Bonnie B. from Minnesota.
0: All right there, Bonnie. Next up is Judith S.P. followed
6: by Ken WH. Good morning, Raj. Thank you for your service. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. And most importantly, thank you, God, for giving me this day to be in. Um, When I read this paragraph and hear it, I'm catapulted back into my life before coming into recovery because I would try this, that, or the other thing, whether it was a diet or a new type of therapy. And, uh, you know, ultimately it would be, well, if I would just move away and go to another place, or if I just stop doing this. And those are all conditions. If I do this, then this will happen. And I never got to the root of things. And as we're coming to the end of this paragraph, uh, this chapter, on working with others, I'm learning that for myself and from my sponsees. It's extremely important to be clear and stay on what I'm focused on. God is everything or God is nothing. Either I work recovery as an abstinent person or I don't. I'm in relapse. And I'm into my old whatevers. And as my journey continues, I realize there's a lot of internal rumble and disruption that is still there. And as I take the time with God and fellows and writing and sponsees to tap into those areas, those wounds, I can continue to heal. And as I'm working with a sponsee, whether there's oh I can't do it today but I can meet tomorrow or yeah, I did most of the assignment but whatever. To me when I hear excuses like if I can if my husband or wife or me can go to Greenland or to another planet, everything would be okay. This as we've discussed over and over and heard is an inside job for my for those that I have the honor of sponsor, sponsoring and for all people in my life, inside and outside a program. This is for me to take care of, to work through and get beyond so that I can live a state of serenity and service to God and others. But the key factor for me is, That until I heal this very sick mind, which is probably going to take my lifetime and more, I can't really give myself over to conditions and excuses anymore because that only deflects my connection with God and makes it almost impossible for me to gain the intuitive thinking and inspirations needed to continue on my path of recovery. Thank you for letting me share.
0: Thanks, Judith. Next up is Ken WH, followed by Elena C.
7: Thanks, Russ. Good morning. Uh, this is Ken WH, recovered compulsive eater in North Carolina. <clears throat> I'm reminded of Jim's story and uh, the bottom line for Jim was that he failed to enlarge his spiritual life. <clears throat> All the... Uh, all of the not drinking that he had gone through was not enough to keep that silly thought from coming into his head to put scotch in milk. Um, it's also the, the, the story of the guy that went 25 years without drinking, and then he retired, put on his slippers, and was dead in four years. Um, those are perfect examples of alcoholic minds and uh, untreated and uh, I went through periods of my uh, time have gone through periods of time in my recovery with OA where frankly I just wasn't abstinent and wouldn't admit it deep down inside and I would uh, put myself in places that just kept the uh, compulsive eating thoughts alive in my brain Uh, you know walking past bakeries and taking deep breaths and uh, I remember there was a food truck up there in in the north from a group called Dominic's and they did sausage and uh, onions and peppers on the grill and uh, that smell was just extraordinary I didn't eat those things but the smell was extraordinary and I would purposefully go downwind so I could just take in deep breaths of this stuff Um, No, I didn't run up there and grab one and start chowing down on the stuff, but it kept my mind focused on food. And uh, so I would eventually just keep eating and be something else completely. But uh, the the, the idea of thought was in my brain all the time. So I was never fully recovered. Uh, I wasn't abstinent. And um, I did have the... Uh, so called alcoholic mind um, it is only in recent years that that I have come to terms with that and have enlarged my spiritual life and continue to do so on a daily basis because this is a heart thing as it was just said, you know this is an inside thing it 's about my relationship to God ultimately and uh, that that's where my focus is that's where my first thought is instead of suddenly thinking I could put scotch and milk I suddenly think of God um uh, that's my way through this and uh, I can go anywhere today and, and it's not the point because I don't go alone anymore <laughs> So I thank you, uh, thank you Russ for your service, good to hear your voice as always. Take care, God bless, I pass.
0: Thanks Ken,
7: appreciate
1: you brother. All right, next up is Elena C. Followed by Shauna C. Good morning, good morning God. Um, my name is
8: Elena C. from South Carolina. Um, so I hear I read in this paragraph um, the importance of spiritual fitness, and if I don't have that, God will be my God will be my food uh, that I'm eating, and that would be the bandage that I put on myself over my heart, perhaps to mask and numb my human emotions. That's how it was in the past, you know the pain caused by my human emotions triggered by different situations in my life was so profound that I needed to put that bandage all over it and then swallow and swallow the pain. It went in the deepness of my being and it was created havoc to my body. And then like Big Book is saying, we were dying. Slowly, I was dying slowly because of that. It wasn't necessarily because of the bandage, but it was because those human emotions were just eating my insights. That because I swallowed them. So you know, if I wouldn't have the God of my understanding, I will forever um, do the same thing. I will not be able to deal with my human emotions. Um today spiritual fitness for me is a one day at a time God with my human emotions. And so and then, you know, you could come if I had that, you could come and show me, you know, the best chocolate on this earth and I would say no. And you know, I wouldn't say no. God inspiring me would say no because I have to let him or her be the leader and follow directions for a change. You know, I used to be a personality like, well, don't tell me what to do. Cause I know better. I was a free spirited independent and very um, just stubborn girl. And so uh, that has been healing for me in, in this program. And I'm very, very, um, happy to say that today. With that,
9: I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Elena. So before Shanna jumps up here, so she will let you know where we're at. We are, when working with others, page 102 to check out oh, the first paragraph. I'm sorry, first paragraph. You meet these conditions every day, ending with, on the theory you would escape the alcohol problem. And we're just reading that paragraph. All right, Shanna, you're up.
9: Good morning. This is Shannon C., Grateful Recover Compulsive Overeater from Tennessee. And couldn't be happier to be on this meeting. And I really don't know what all I can add to, the, to what's already been shared, other than this is an absolute miracle for my life. And um, like, I, like so many of others, sh- I absolutely I have a threefold illness. Like my problem is physical. Like I have an allergy to certain food and certain ingredients, and when I ingest them, I cannot guarantee when I'm going to be able to stop. You know, I—I I, that's just how I'm wired. Plenty of people aren't that way. I don't know. Um, They—they're able to work the 12 steps and 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 whatever, and not not ever think about food. That's why there are other recovery programs. But I happen to be bodily different from a normal eater, so there are certain things that I have to be vigilant about on a daily basis. Um, when it comes to food and thank God for, you know, the plan of eating that I've been given, it gives me that gauge, um, to follow that. That's a tool. It, the food plan itself doesn't keep me abstinent. It's the power that I get to access through the steps that enables me to follow that food plan. Um, for the longest time I had it backwards. And then I also have this mental thing where I forget that, um, the pain and suffering of even a week or a month ago. Um, and that, that has to be addressed spiritually again through the steps and living in 10, 11 and 12 and the emotional disturbance and stuff. And thankfully today, because of the tools, because of that, I have had a spiritual experience as a big result of these steps. First of all, it came from complete defeat. And then in that moment, I saw just how utterly powerless I am spiritually, mentally, physically over this. And I was going to die compulsive overeater, miserable, unless a power greater than me actually changed me. I saw that I asked that power for help and it was guided to someone who could take me through the steps and to keep that mental obsession away. Are there days where more difficult than others where I'll have a food thought? i I'd be lying if I say it didn't. That just means I'm not cured of this. And what this does is it draws me back to God every day. I get a daily reprieve. You know, every day I ask God to keep me sober, abstinent, and sane and to enable me to follow that food plan and live by spiritual principles. Um And the stuff gets removed daily, and I get the opportunity to help others daily. And there have been times where those thoughts have come, and it's been the very thought that entered my mind, I cannot eat today because I've got a sponsee call. I've got to help this person for this fifth step today. God help me not eat today so that I can help her. That's what keeps me okay. Thank you, God, that I'm not cured of this, but otherwise I wouldn't be connected to you guys either and I don't have to walk this path alone. What a miracle this program is. That's all I have, thank you.
0: Thanks, Shannon. Next up is Anita J. followed by Wendy M.
1: Thank you, Russ. Um, this is Anita
10: J. recovered in Massachusetts. I don't know about whoopee parties, but I had a birthday party yesterday and I, um, by the group of women that I've been living with a large- community now, but um the seven of us um, I just can't tell you all the any kind of fear I used to have about birthday parties, you know what they know me, and the, the, the weren't they weren't there. there was no ice cream they had these tiny little cupcakes. Uh, one or two bites would, would accomplish the whole thing. And, um, and up, I was presented with the most beautiful little dish of assorted fruits, kiwis, and all kinds of little tiny little things like that while they ate their little cupcakes. It's just kind of... I don't know. I, I used to hate the word credibility, that I have credibility or you have credibility. And you know why I hated it? Because I didn't have it. I was so good at talking and talk. But one look at me, never mind the size of my body, just look in my eyes. The eyes tell you, is this a recovered person? or Is this a happy person? Is she recovered? Is she... You you can see it in the eyes and um you know, I I am a recovered person and I was just concerned that everybody would have a good time once I was there and why why would I worry about it? Everything was taken. God did God did it all. It it was the cutest thing. Some man came by and handed me his um they call them sticky buns. I've never even seen what they look like. He wanted to give me something. And that's what he gave me. Anyway, I thought it was very sweet. And um, that's all. I just, I'm just, i just grateful. I wanted to share my, this is my real birthday. They gave it to me yesterday, which was such a surprise. And the only way you can tell that I, I had a birthday is on my walker are two beautiful balloons let's just leave it like that and with that i pass
0: thanks anita next up is wendy m and then we'll take another group
11: good morning this is wendy m i'm in north carolina recovered compulsive overeater Um, i was drawn to this paragraph Um, i listen every morning And, um, my work schedule says, you know, I can't share. I don't have time to share. I'm going to be late. And this morning I was just drawn, um, to the paragraph and felt an abundant urge to share. And I'm sure everything's going to be just fine with work and it'll be okay. And I know without a doubt that that was my higher power because something does happen, um, when you get into the lineup to share, you you listen a lot better, too. So I know that was my higher power pushing me to do that. Um, so there is something the matter with his spiritual status. His only chance for sobriety would be someplace like the Greenland ice cap. Um, there's, you know, what I, I'm just really reminded of with that is the spiritual defense and, and how important – that is you know we heard yesterday that we can go anywhere um you know when we have our spiritual defense and it's not it's not one thing it's not one time you know i, I don't graduate and all of a sudden i have this spiritual armor and, I, and it's very strong i have to work on this every single day and if i have that god protects me and i can go anywhere i could go sit in a room surrounded with my binge boots and not be tempted by a single one. If I'm not, you know, if I'm, if I'm not in that, that spiritually safe place, I can go to the most barren place and I'm going to find it. Um, we, as you know, compulsive overeaters, there's not really like barren places too many barren places there's there's food basically everywhere but how that looked for me and my disease is is I would say I'm not going to have it in the house it's it's just not going to be in the house Um, but then I would go out and I would get it Um, and I would I would eat it in my car and so I mean there's probably thousands of dollars that was spent going out to go get those binge foods and eat it in the car or another thing I would do is I'd say Well, I'll take that trip with my skinny friend who eats healthy. And I have memories of being on a trip in New York City where I bought chocolate bars and I'm in a um, stall in the bathroom eating chocolate bars in New York City instead of enjoying um, the sights and the trip with my friend. So it is a frightening disease. It's a sick Disease, Um, it's going to. Oh, I'm so sorry. Well, I I will stop. Thank you, and um, hope everyone has a great day.
0: Thanks, Wendy. You have to be sorry.
11: (laughs) All right, we're going to
0: open up for Sharon again. You know where we're at, page one o one in the big book. That first paragraph. Wanda. Are Wanda R. Okay. Hold, hold on,
12: hold on, hold on, hold on.
0: I got you, Wanda. We meet these conditions every day, and we're just going to read that one paragraph. So we got Wanda. Toby W. Toby. Terry.
12: Jennifer H. Nancy P.
0: Terry. Terry J.
1: Nancy. Nancy P. Christina H. Christina H., Jennifer C., Jennifer C., I think that's going to be close
0: to cutting it. I think if we could squeeze a couple in later, we will. I'm not the greatest estimator of time here because whatever. So we got Wanda R., Toby W., Terry J., Nancy P.,
1: Christina H., and Jennifer C., Wanda, you're up. Star one,
13: Wanda. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah, good morning, everyone. I hope everyone has a great day. Thanks for cheering. And uh yeah, you know, um uh I can't have it in the house. Uh um I uh I get triggered if I hear the words uh that are binge foods. Uh I I get triggered very easily uh in uh when when um when when I do uh you know I really have to pray to god uh I've been abstinent uh uh for thirty eight years, but uh I'm weak you know uh it's a misnomer to say that uh I can do whatever I want, be anywhere i want uh you know, you go to the barber shop, you're gonna get your hair cut you know uh I mean, I just uh you know, I have to play it safe. I have to make sure uh that I am in safe territory and I'm having a birthday party for my husband uh very soon and uh you know, um it'll be abstinent food and uh you know, maybe a banana with a candle in it. Uh I, I don't uh I don't practice uh temptation. You know temptation is uh wrong for me, you know God bless anybody that uh works out their program uh without uh experiencing uh uh temptation, but you know for me uh, I have to play it safe and make sure uh you know I live in a community you know i'm I'm with a hundred people uh you know, um, we cook our own food, but um you know, I don't dabble uh, in uh exploration of uh exposing myself to things that uh you know are uh trigger so um, the other thing I just wanna say um you know I'm grateful uh, and I know I go to uh, to uh religious place every morning, and, uh, I realized this morning, I am enough, you know, it was, like, really weird, it was just, like, I am enough, so, uh, I don't, I'm satisfied, I don't have to be more, I don't have to, uh, get more, ask for more, do more, uh, be more, I'm good, so, uh, Yep. Um, hope everybody has a great day. With that, I pass. Thanks.
0: Thanks, Wanda. Next up is Toby W. Bye, bye, Terry J.
12: Good morning, everybody. <clears throat> My name is Toby W. And I'm in the Boston area. And by the grace of God, abstinent. I'm in rehab right now. As a result of a sprained ankle, uh, I was brought to the hospital because of a medical issue and and couldn't go home because I couldn't stand on my legs, couldn't walk. And I was talking to somebody yesterday and they said it would be a good idea to share it because I realized a while ago, I don't know, a year or so ago or maybe longer, I was Sent to the hospital, with swollen legs that were like they were like uh, elephant legs as a result of binging, and in the hospital, I was then sent to rehab. And both in the hospital and rehab, I was ordering food that was my binge foods. Now the fact that they either place didn't catch it because I'm not supposed to be on, I'm supposed to be on low salt. Um, That was another story. But I remember in the rehab, because of my legs, I have congestive heart failure. And I am saying to the nurses at night, gee, I didn't have enough to eat. Would you bring me some crackers and peanut butter and cream? And they would. They give me a large supply and say, This should last you for a while. And of course, it lasted five seconds. And then later on, if the shift changed, I do the same thing again. This is a killer disease. I am in rehab now. Before I went into the hospital, <clears throat> I mean, when I went into the hospital, I asked for the nutritionist. I told her exactly what I needed to eat. She put it into my uh, um, papers so that when I came here, they knew exactly what I couldn't eat. And they have been wonderful here. But I'm telling you, everybody, it's a killer disease. And today I'm alive
1: and I'm grateful. And with that, I pass. All right, there, Toby. Next up is Terry J, followed by Nancy P.
14: Good morning, Russ. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for your service. This is Terry J in Michigan. Uh, grateful to be on the line and for all the shares, because I get something out of each and every share that I listen to. And for me, where I'm at, grateful to be uh, abstinent today and working towards recovering or recover, whatever the case be. I um, understand, though, and what I get out of this paragraph is that no matter where I go, my disease is going with me. So I have to be on point about Um, feelings, behavior, smells, everything, anything can trigger me at this point because it's delicate and I'm still coming out of the food. And I'm grateful that I recognize that. Um, I was at a repast yesterday for um, a funeral, and uh, there's always abstinent food choices. I just have to stick with those choices. Um, sometimes I do take my food with me now, you know, my food that's abstinent for me and people that know me understand and those that don't know me, it don't matter. So I'm just grateful to still be in this process this morning. Um, learning how to pick up that thousand pound or just learn how to pick up the phone. You know, the cliches are good, but the message and the message really is just pick up the phone and reach out to somebody before I pick up the food. So thanks for hearing my voice this morning, Russ. Thank you, everybody. Have a great day.
0: Thanks, Terry. Next up is Nancy P. Followed by Christina H.,
15: Hey, good morning, Russ, Nancy P. Good morning, everybody. Nancy P. Recovered in West Newton, Massachusetts. Um, so we meet these conditions every day. And that just proves to me, again, that I cannot wait and measure my way out of this problem. I can't. You know, I went to a meeting once a long time ago, many, you know, probably 30 years ago. And this woman got up and said, yes, I'm, I'm, my name is so-and-so and I'm absent and I love it. And my husband... Jeff keeps his treats locked up with, an, with a padlock in our kitchen. I thought to myself, that wouldn't stop me. I mean, a padlock? i laugh at padlocks. I mean, they could have a missile defense system around food, and if I wanted it, I would find a way in, you know. I mean, it doesn't, there is nothing that will keep me away from it when I want it. And um, so I can't escape the problem, ever. So I personally, Nancy P., I had to learn to live with it. And I had to learn to live with it in a way so that it was not going to affect me. I couldn't, you know, if my arm was the problem, I'm not going to cut off my arm. I need my arm. And um, not that I need this problem, but it's the same premise. I can't get rid of it because it's inside. It's a part of me. You know, the point of alcoholic torture, the, the alcoholic torture for me is the point of intersection between the allergy of my body and the obsession of my mind. That where those two meet is where it's torturous and um, so I had to approach the problem from an entirely different angle and for me you know as an agnostic that was a big ask I couldn't get there I tried to do all the things that people that believe totally believe in God do and they never worked I never got any relief so again I had to choose my own conception and in a way that worked for me and guess what happened when I did that it worked. And not only did it work, it worked fast and it worked thoroughly and it has never stopped working. And, you know, I spoke to my sponsor on the phone this morning and, you know, she says most days, you know, we'll talk about what she did, what I do, you know, we have this this uh, relationship of many years standing and um, she often connects, you know, to God in the morning or whenever. I don't know, she's like Catholic. And, um, and so... I don't need to connect because it's also what I believe in this conception is already there. Doesn't need you know, I don't need to connect to my arms. They're already part of who I am, where I am, what I am. And um you know, it doesn't matter who shows up with what, what party I go to, where I travel, you know, I I say this all the time to my sponsors. you know, I I my husband's European, so I we go to Europe on our honeymoon, I know rather on our feels like a honeymoon on our vacations, and doesn't matter if the place is floating in cheese, chocolate, or pasta. I can go there without being affected at all. And the reason I can do that is because I work really hard at maintaining two things. I'll finish up my spiritual wakefulness, and the last thing, say it with me, surrender, surrender, surrender. And with that, I'll pass.
0: Thanks, Nance. Next up is Christina H. followed by Jennifer C.
16: Hi, this is Christina H recovered compulsive over and bulimic. Um, you know, thank you for for who read and for all the comments. Um, you know, as we're reading and listening, this paragraph to me is, you know, it says an alcoholic who cannot meet them still has an alcoholic mind. And it took me many years to understand, you know, what they were talking about here, They're they're our, our disease centers in our mind, this has nothing to do with the food. You know, and that alcoholic mind, the first four chapters of this book does such a wonderful job of describing all of the different facets that come with that. And, you know, for me, it's it was true self-will. I was I was all of my ideas and the control and, you know, the dishonesty and, you know, the, the ina- inadequate faith and I wasn't willing to be honest. And, you know, the resentment that plagues us, you know, they describe in, in our some of our chapters that we're driven by a hundred forms of fear and self-delusion and self-pity and resentment. And these are the things that plague the mind. You know, so that alcoholic mind is made up of all of those things. And, there's something to matter in that place with our spiritual status. Therefore, you know, the food becomes my solution to an immense amount of pain. And it wasn't until I surrendered, the last woman who commented really surrendered. For me, that looked like, um, you know, literally putting my hands up in the air and just and, and making a surrender to to the fact that my ideas, these food plans, these all the focus on the food and the none of it was working. I just, I fully wholeheartedly gave up. You know, and then was I able to walk through working the steps. And, and then there was honesty. When real honesty came in that I have an allergy, I was done playing. You know, when I was really done playing, I put down the food and I worked the steps. And every day I wake up today as a recovered woman, and I have to go to God, not my sponsor, you know, not other people. I have to go to God, my higher power, and say, okay, you know, what, what are these tools today? What are, what's my medicine today? How am I going to stay spiritually fit? And when I do that, which, thank God, you know, I wake up every day and do these things, I don't have a food problem. It's, it's completely gone. I, I'm, I'm completely neutral. My life is made up of where can I place myself to serve other people and show up for my family and and be a part of this world. And I didn't see that when I first came in there. I could not fathom, you know, not waking up and life not being around about food. Like, what? It's crazy, the obsessiveness, the insanity. The, um, okay, thank you. And I I, I will end with this. Um, you know, for anyone who is new here, you know, this, this program does miraculous things. So with that, thank you all, and I will pass. I hope everyone has a great day.
0: All right, Christina, thanks. Next up is Jennifer C., and I think we might be uh, – we're cutting close. I think that will be the last
17: one. Hi, good morning. This is Jennifer C., uh, Greenville, South Carolina. Um, what a beautiful meeting. I'm so grateful to be here this morning. And, you know, we hear these things over and over again in program, and sometimes <clears throat> without even realizing it. I don't even know what they mean. <laughs> like if I really think it through, like what does that mean? Spiritually fit, right? Um, 12 and 12, step one talks about, you know, grabbing a hold of these principles with all the fervor with which the drowning sees life preservers. With all the fervor. So spiritually fit, if I take that word fit, it's fervently In tune, staying fervently, in tune or in touch. In touch with what? In touch with all of you. In tune with my need for 10 steps. In tune with I'm restless right now. I'm irritable right now. I'm discontent right now. Um, In tune with I want to eat. Pick up the phone. Um. You know, the alcoholic mind goes constantly inward. My ultimate addiction is to self-reliance. It's not to food. It's to going inward to solve my own problems, right? So I have to fervently stay in touch with my need for all of you. I have to fervently stay in touch with my need to work these principles and to work this program, in touch with my need for inventory constantly. If I'm not there yet and I'm still trying to just stay abstinent, I have to fervently stay in touch today with my need to pick up that phone. I can't wait until my headache is screaming to take my medication, right? Like I got to take it at the onset. Otherwise, game over. I can't get in the ring with my disease and think I'm going to win. So this is not about like doing bare minimum as long as I don't eat right? Like I'm okay as long as I'm not eating. This is about being intensely passionate for this program. That's what that word fervent means, right? So when I grab a hold of these principles as if I'm drowning, it means that I stay intensely passionate to work this program and to give my all to it. So spiritually fit today, that word fit for me. Stay fervent, stay in tune, stay in touch, and uh, and and then, and only then, do I stay close to
1: God. And with that, I pass. All right, Jennifer, thank you. You're going to be our last share. We
0: thank everyone who shared today. Uh, please join us for a second unrecorded hour study immediately following the closing. Today's share I date for our Friday, August 18, 2023, 20, 7, 7 a.m., Eastern Time Meeting is 20,551-20551. 20, we'll now close, the, close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by Serenity Prayer. Uh, will Barb W. please read it? Our book is meant to be suggestive only.
6: Hi,
5: Barb W., Recovered in Illinois. Thank you everyone for your service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little.